0: This episode of Inquisitive is brought to you by Cards Against Humanity, Making Light, and Hover. Hello and welcome to a new season of Inquisitive. This season is going to be focused on discussing and exploring people's favourite albums. I've always loved music. I have a varied taste, but I'm fiercely loyal to the stuff that I like. Mostly, I am a fan of albums. I do not put my entire music library on shuffle and allow a completely random string of tracks to attack my ears. I like to listen to albums. I don't buy singles very often either. The experience of listening to a completed body of work has always appealed to me. So I wanted to take a look at this idea with some others as well. Over the coming weeks, you're going to hear me talk to a bunch of people that you'll likely be familiar with for what they do. But I hope that this series will help shed a little more light on who they are. But taking it a step further, I want to not only look at what it is about that album that makes them love it, but try and see what it is about them personally that draws them to that set of tracks. Musical tastes are wildly varying, and this fascinates me. I'm also going to take some time to look at people's tastes in general, outside of just the album that they've chosen for the show. Maybe by the end of this series, we'll learn something about musical tastes, or maybe we'll be back to square one, but pick up some new music along the way. Luckily enough, for this first episode, my guest actually picked one of my own favourite albums to discuss, but I'll let her introduce herself and her pick.
1: My name is Faith Corby, and my favourite album is Pet Sounds by The Beach
0: Boys. We're here today to talk about pet sounds um which is a a record by the beach boys which i'm i'm very happy that when i asked you to do this that you went with this album because the beach boys is one of my favorite bands so as a way to start this series um it works quite nicely for me because i have a i didn't have so much research to do into the band so thank you for picking that
1: i thought maybe that was um A a bias, and that's maybe why I got selected because you knew I I share an affinity for the Beach Boys with you.
0: Yeah, I didn't expect this album though, um, because I know really no, because I just didn't expect the Beach Boys to be your pick. And I think it's because, as much as I love them, even when other people tell me that they really love them, I like kind of forget it because it is a peculiar band to love. If you are in your Twenties I think it's a it's an interesting choice um in two thousand and fifteen to have um because you know they were done by the time that me and you were were forming our musical tastes, i guess um and they'd been done for a long time. But they are a band that I love very dearly, um, and it's cause, But I also know that you love Elton John, and and we're going to talk. I would like to talk to you a little bit about your musical taste in general in a in a, in a little while. So I was actually more expecting an Elton John album than than a Beach Boys album.
1: I think probably everyone was, <laughs> maybe. But no, I don't. I don't think it's weird for people in their twenties to be into um, the Beach Boys, especially if you're if you really like music. Like I think that. They are so significant in just music history in general, especially if you're someone who appreciates albums as a whole. Um, like I think you have to like delve deeper into the archives of any band to find um, albums that had one producer, and not even just concept albums. But you know, like we don't we don't listen to music that way anymore. Um, so I think, I mean, that's just one of, one of the things that makes this one great.
0: I agree with you, but I still think that even and even as a, as a music lover, the Beach Boys are just an interesting choice. Um, and, and I only say that because the majority of times where I tell people I love the Beach Boys, people look at me with a raised eyebrow. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think that people know about them and like people on our age can appreciate them. But to to claim that they are a, a true, true favorite um, is, well, at least I have found it to be more rare, although it seems to be changing the more and more people that I share this uh, feeling with on the Internet. I'm getting more and more people tell me that they love them as well.
1: The next time, do me a favor, the next time you encounter someone that raises their eyebrows at that, ask them if they have listened to Pet Sounds from start to finish. I would bet you they have not.
0: So, why Pet Sounds?
1: Well, musically it was a great shift for them. um, Because everyone, you know, even now if you say the Beach Boys, people think about a song that has to do with either cars or girls or surfing. Or... All of the above (laughs) (laughs) in in some cases Um, but yeah so it was it it was the first concept album that they did um, and it changed musically thematically um, and like I said it's it's really I think the only one of their albums that can be appreciated as a whole and um, versus just like picking out, oh, I like this song on that album and I like that track off of that one. Like, um, I just think there's so much to be gained um, from listening to the whole thing. Because the transitions and everything and just even the order of the songs is so well thought out.
0: How how much Beach Boys stuff um, have you listened to pre-pet sounds how many albums have you listened to has there been many or have you mainly listened to like great hits and stuff like that is the way that you know most of this stuff
1: oh I've listened to all of them um I mm-hmm. grew up I grew up listening um to the beach Boys oh, well by extension because my dad is a really big fan of them um and I think um that it, they are probably the first band that I remember as a kid actually like noticing and like asking my parent my dad like who who they were um and then like actually requesting like oh I, that that's what i want to listen to you know instead of like or nursery rhymes and you know whatever things i don't know i had been listening to um so no there there definitely was a lot of a, a lot of um beach boys the surfing and cars and all of that that I heard before pet sounds.
0: Okay, let me just take a quick break here. Um and in a moment I want to talk a little bit more about the music in general and some of the emotions and stuff that come out of that. But before we do that, let me thank our first sponsor for this week's episode and that is Making Light. Today's world is totally full of distractions, and working on creative stuff can be really difficult. And this is what Making Light is here to help you with. Um, you know, we talk about music here today, and this is something that I think a lot of us think about when we're working. We find the right music for us, we find the right sound, and we use it to block out some distractions to help keep our focus and engage us to do our work. But there is one like, sense that we actually don't really pay much attention to, and that's scent. I mean, we also think about taste, we find the right cup of coffee, that kind of stuff. But scent is something that I don't think a lot of us really consider. And this is where Making Light comes in. It's a subscription service that sends you high-quality candles directly to your door, allowing you to create another ritual in your life to help you focus on what matters most to you. Once you light your candle, it's time to write or meditate or maybe even edit a podcast. Whatever you want to do, Making light can help you with your focus. These candles are premium quality. They're really greatly priced. They're made from 100% botanical soy wax, fragrances that are infused with essential oils. They have cotton wicks and they're in reusable and recyclable tins. Each candle is poured by hand and the company is owned by a small family in Indiana who have over 40 years of history in candle making. Each month, you receive all you need for around 20 daily two-hour rituals of focus. This comes in the form of two candles, a box of wooden matches, and a preview sample of next month's featured fragrance. I've really been enjoying uh, using Making Light candles when I'm trying to get something heavy work done, and I think that this could be something that can make a real addition to your life too. Making Light costs $24 per month with free shipping anywhere in the USA. They have shipping to Canada for an extra $5 a month and UK for an extra 10 But once you factor in those exchange rates, this is totally worth it. These candles are way better than what you're going to find in your local mall, and you can get them sent direct to your door. Listeners of Inquisitive can get $5 off their first order with the promo code INQUISITIVE. So go find out more for yourself at makinglight.us And if you need any more convincing, they have a really great video there that you can watch as well. It's front and centre on the site, and it's super fun, so go and check it out. Thank you so much to Making Light for supporting this show and all of Real AFM. I think I've always... um I mean, I, I actually have found a new appreciation for Pet Sounds um, in preparation for this show. Um, and I think part of that, and and I'll come to this in a bit, I find Pet Sounds to be quite sad where the majority of Beach Boys music is very happy. And it's that's one mm. of the things that I love about them is the happiness of it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what do you love the Beach Boys for and... Does pet sounds is pet sounds part of that love or is it like just something else that you appreciate in them?
1: I I like the Beach Boys for their sound first of all, but I think the reason I like this album specifically and the most is because they took their sound that I love them for and they made it so much better by actually um, adding song meaning to their songs um and a lot of these songs have you know narratives and as a concept album you know it's kind of like in- interwoven through the whole thing um and i i'm someone who is really into song lyrics so um yeah i i just every time every time i listen to this album like i i a different line from a different song um, will jump out at me um, or I'll kind of like get a meaning from something that I didn't, I didn't really hear before. Um, so I don't know. I just, I like how complex it is. And even maybe as you get older, like um, different songs like mean different things to you.
0: Now I want to read this uh, from the Wikipedia entry for Pet Sounds. Uh, Pet Sounds is the 11th studio album by the American rock band The Beach Boys. It was released on May 16, 1966. It initially met a lukewarm critical and commercial reception in the United States, but received immediate success abroad, where British publications declared it the most progressive pop album ever. It charted at number two in the UK, but number 10 in the US, a significantly lower placement than the band's preceding albums. In later years, the album garnered enormous worldwide acclaim by critics and musicians alike, and is regarded as one of the most influential pieces in the history of popular music, have you ever looked into the history of Pet Sounds at all? Do you know much about what, about the way it was created and why it was created?
1: Um, I do, I do actually. Um, I mean, I know that they, it, it well, reportedly, it was inspired by, um, Brian Wilson and I guess the rest of the band hearing Rubber Soul, um, and Wilson being like, uh, maybe we need to like start taking this seriously and we need to like actually focus on making a really good album. Yeah.
0: Cause um, Brian Wilson at that point had stopped touring and he's, he had decided to start just making the music and he, and you're completely correct. I was, I was doing research about this as well. Rubber soul was, was what pushed him uh, into creating pet sounds, but the rest of the band especially Al Jardine was and Mike Love were very skeptical of the album. And I'm
1: pretty sure I don't I don't remember if it's they were already on tour and like he stopped touring to write the album.
0: He had a panic attack.
1: Oh, okay. And so he stayed behind to write it.
0: Yeah, he stopped doing he stopped going on tour with the band because the stress of touring uh, was too much for him. Because, you know, Brian Wilson is a troubled person um he kind of his brain was a little bit addled by drugs uh, and this it was kind of around the pet sounds era is when that sort of stuff first started to come out in him like his anxieties and panic attacks and things like that had started to really play a big effect and have a big effect on his life mm-hmm. which is i mean uh, that's one of the reasons why when i look at pet sounds um i find it sad because i know this about him Um, because brian wilson is an idol of mine um i think that he's a musical genius and when i know the pain that he was in at this point in his life it makes the album sadder for me maybe sadder than it actually is because i take what i know and put put that on like i put those emotions into the music
1: is there a particular song or i guess more than one that strikes you as sad
0: there is one of one of the... the, the I, I love God Only Knows. It's maybe one of my favourite songs of all time. But mm-hmm. the opening line had to be... Brian Wilson had to have it changed. Um, because it starts with, you know, I may not always love you. And he couldn't accept that. Um, which is why they had to add it to But as long as there are stars above you. Because he wouldn't... He couldn't accept... That love wouldn't be forever. I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so they had to change the line. I read this in a book about him. Oh. many years ago <laughs> that's and, heavy yeah and it's like it that really like it upsets me because that was where his mind was at that time like he was so mm-hmm. emotional about things at that point that it was kind of like this is a a tough thing for him to do um and so like when i hear that and it's just in general like the, there are a lot more somber feelings because the album doesn't start out that way so it no. starts with wouldn't it be nice which is a Archetype of a Beach Boys song mm-hmm. You know, it's fun It's about, like, being young And, like, having a good time And, you know th- th- About people being in love And, like, wishing that they were older Because they can live together happily It's very Beach Boysy, And that's the only song on the entire album That, for me Evokes the stereotypical Beach Boys
1: Not even Sloop John B?
0: No, because it has it has very very different instruments um it has a lot of harmony which which works for me but the way it's played the instruments as well and also it's also sad again like
1: yeah but that's only if you're listening if you're only listening to the lyrics
0: yeah i am a lyrics person like you and Mm -hmm. and and i want to get into the to, to the lyrics stuff a little bit later on but What do you feel like, then, when you listen to to Pet Sounds? Like, what emotions does it bring up for you?
1: I don't think I had ever really listened that closely to the words until um, in the past few years. So it's definitely changed for me. Um, But, yeah, no, I definitely um, get the kind of underlying sadness um it's a little somber um it's also a little this might be too extreme of a word um but desperate um uh, specifically like uh, the song which is actually one of my favorites on the album but i know there's an answer And that's, it's like, I know there's an answer, but I don't really know what it is. I just see all of these problems. Yeah. Um, yeah, that kind of seems to be kind of the setup for a lot of the songs on this. Um, so, I mean, so maybe even sad is too strong of a word then because, I mean, I don't think that necessarily like questioning things and wanting to find, um, Meaning is is sad. Do you?
0: I get what you're saying, and and I I agree that it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Mm-hmm. But he seems lost, and and that makes me that I think that's that's where it comes from. Like he seems lost and insecure. That, yeah. that that's how, that's what I pull out of the of the songs. the 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 book I, I that I read is called "Wouldn't It Be Nice." Um and it's it's Brian Wilson's biography. Uh mm-hmm. autobiography, so I, I recommend reading it. Um it, it's it's a it's a very good book and it talks a lot about like things from his point of view and you know, other band members have, have refuted a lot of the stories that are in there, but but I, I like it a lot and I, I suggest it. Um
1: Have you seen have you seen the trailer for Love and Mercy?
0: I which... definitely have, yes.
1: Yeah, um, so I got to see that at South by Southwest, and it's it's pretty great.
0: Oh yeah, that's the best yeah. news I could have heard all year because I was <laughs> yeah. I was really worried about that because I wanted that movie to be perfect. <laughs> uh, so he- just hearing that it's really great, I'm I'm happy about that. That makes me feel good.
1: Yeah, um, it got it got a standing ovation, which no wow. other movie I saw at the festival did. So
0: I'm happy with the casting. Yes. Um is it paul dano
1: um as the yes paul dano and, and John Cusack?
0: yeah, I think that that's genius as well mm-hmm. um to do the two different points of his life i think it's it's really really smart and i and I like the casting for both parts of his
1: life-hmm
0: do you remember where you were when you first heard pet sounds
1: yes i was i was in um the back seat of um, my family's van <laughs> was probably what it must have been on a cassette tape.
0: Wow, yep. See, for me, that uh, all of my Beach Boys stuff came uh, much later. Um, my, my dad was a fan of the Beach Boys, and I bought him a compilation CD for Father's Day or something. Um, and I yeah he would play it for us in the car or whatever and I and I liked it and this was I was maybe about 16 or 17 at the time mm-hmm. and then I I had an iPod and I basically went through over a number of months and bought and listened to every single Beach Boys album that was on iTunes. I spent hundreds of pounds on Beach Boys music. I wanted all of it. Um so I bought all of it. Uh I have I had like I think in my library I had about eight different copies of Good Vibrations. <laughs> At one point, and they were all from different albums, <laughs> you know uh mm-hmm. cause that's interesting that as for people don't know good vibrations was was intended to be on this album, but it was taken off uh because Brian Wilson felt that he hadn't finished it. i don't know. did you know that
1: no, I didn't know that. I'm glad it doesn't fit on this album
0: no, it doesn't, and I think that was for him why he maybe did that, but it definitely doesn't fit, and then right. it kind of good vibrations ended up kind of getting lost. Um, and it was put on this weird album called Smile, which was then kind of never released and released many years later, but Good Vibrations was around as a single. Um, but Smile is very peculiar. I don't know if you've ever heard that.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, That no, that is a weird one. When you, So when you first got into them and were listening to everything, what was your favorite album?
0: I don't think I ever had a favorite album um, because... I think I used to favor listening to the live albums. Uh, hmm. So I loved Nebworth. Um, and there's another one. I think it was live from London. Um, they were always my favorites with, with live albums, mainly because I got to listen to all of my favorite tracks, um, which is fantastic. I, I liked, I liked that they were all there. And plus I love the energy of them live. So I always liked the live albums. Um, Aside from that, I never really liked any album completely because a lot of many of the tracks on some albums were filler, which was a kind of something that happened quite a bit at the time. So yeah, I I, I kind of tended I I really liked like Surf and Safari and stuff like that. A lot of the original things, but Pet Sounds was never. It was never one that got a heavy rotation for me, but I liked it. But it was just it, as I said before, like it back then didn't fit. Uh, my idea of the Beach Boys in the way that I knew them because it was a lot more, to me anyway, a lot sadder and that kind of stuff. But now I appreciate it way more than I ever did before. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, let me take a quick break right here to thank our second sponsor for this week's episode, but there's still so much that I want to get to. But today's show is also brought to you by Hover. They are the best way to buy and manage domain names. When it comes to buying a domain name of your own for a new project that you've been working on, or maybe you just want to pick up some more domains, maybe to play some jokes on your friends, or just to secure some stuff that you've been thinking about, Hover is the best place. It's the easiest place, it's my place of choice. I don't want to be faced with a thousand screens, with a ton of add-ons at extremely high prices when I'm buying domains. I don't want to be tricked, I don't want to be hoodwinked, and that's why I go to Hover. Once you finally have the name that you're looking for, you're able to go in and very easily search. They have all of the TLDs that you'd expect, like .com, .co, .me, and also a selection of the newer TLDs as well, of which there are many, many, many options, far too many to list here. But you can rest assured that Hover have them because they have over 200 different options. With .coms, for example, starting at just $12.99, and of course every Hover domain includes who is privacy for free right out of the box. They believe that you shouldn't have to keep your private information private unlike some other places that you may have seen domain names being sold before hover have the best customer support you couldn't ask for better customer support when you pick up the phone to give them a call they have a no hold no wait no transfer telephone support policy you give them a call and you're going to speak to somebody hover are famous for this and it's quite easy to see why you just talk to someone and they help you which is Kind of a crazy thing when you think of it in this day and age, but they will do that for you because that's what makes Hover so awesome. They also have great email support as well, which I've used in the past, and they have great documents and guides on their website for helping you out with things in case you just need a very quick answer. You just want to do a little Google search or something. And don't forget, Hover have their own valet service where they will help you move from your previous uh, domain provider. No matter how many domains you have, they'll just take care of all of the hassle for you they also do emails they do email storage email forwarding they can set you up a lovely email account for your new domain if you want it they have the whole kit and caboodle so go right now over to hover.com and try them out use the code top 40 that's top 40 at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first purchase at hover.com and show your support for inquisitive so that's top 40 top 40 at checkout thank you so much hover for supporting this week's episode and all of relay fm what formats do you own Pet Sounds in?
1: Um, I have it digitally, and I have it on vinyl.
0: Do you know what pressing the vinyl is? Is it original pressing, or is it like a re-release no. or anything like that?
1: It's a Yeah, It's I'm pretty sure it's um, a re-release.
0: I have a vinyl which is dated 1966 or 1967, something like that. Um, but I don't know if it's original. It's not in great shape. Um, but it's dated as that, so I like to think that I have an original <laughs> from like, you know, like one of the original releases. But I'm I'm happy that I own it, um, because I do listen to vinyl records as well.
1: Uh, how does how did it hold up? How does it sound?
0: Not great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it's de- it was definitely played. Uh, it is not in yeah. the best shape. This one. Uh-huh. Um how often do you listen to pet sounds?
1: Oh man. So previously, probably every, mm, not that, not that often, maybe every few months, but now, cause I only recently got it on vinyl. Um, because I only recently, um, within the past year, got a record player. So I would say at least once a month on vinyl. Um, pretty regularly um digitally
0: do you ever make a distinction like i want to listen to the record and if so why do you why do you make that distinction as opposed to listen to it digitally
1: um because well obviously anything as with anything with vinyl it's kind of more it's kind of more of an experience it's definitely there's a lot of you know like shenanigans that to like get it set up and it's very you know there's a lot of like ceremony that you have to do to Mm -hmm. even listen to it in the first place um so it kind of has to be like i want to listen to pet sounds and i am going to sit down and listen to it um whereas if i were you know just in the car or like putting you know itunes on in the kitchen or something um it would just be like um Oh, I really um I really want to listen to Wouldn't It Be Nice.
0: Because it's such a beautiful song.
1: Because it's a great song.
0: What are your favorites on the album? Uh,
1: um so I would have said Wouldn't It Be Nice and God Only Knows. But I think um in this this past year uh I'm waiting for the day and I know there's an answer. Have begun to ca- catch up um, as my as my favorites, um, and they're like musically they're very catchy. And I kind of would always notice them like listening through the whole album and being like, oh yeah yeah, I like that song. But I think I I only recently like appreciated them um, as individual tracks.
0: Do you think that? There's like there's been a change in your taste, or has there been like a change in you which has made you appreciate these differently? Uh
1: probably um. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little of both. Um, I definitely I don't think I was always someone that listened very closely to lyrics, especially when I was, you know. Younger and you know, listening to whatever my parents were listening to, um, but no, yeah, I I definitely think it would be it be because like you start to like you start to hear things differently, um, and maybe attribute different kinds of meaning to them.
0: You mentioned earlier that you're a lyrics person, um, mm-hmm. and I, I have another another quote here from the fountain of all knowledge that is Wikipedia uh, that I thought that you would like quite a bit uh, according to brian his writing process at the time involved going to the piano and finding feels which he described as a brief as brief note sequences fragments or ideas and that once they're out of my head and into the open air i can see them and touch them firmly they're not feels anymore
1: oh
0: <laughs> and he actually uses wow. the term feels with the S oh my gosh the yep twice in this in this quote
1: and that's crazy yeah
0: yeah so he was really ahead uh, of the time with that.
1: <laughs> I wonder how that was received. Like, what is he talking about?
0: I guess it it was one of those words that's come back around.
1: I didn't realize that that was ever a word that people used like that.
0: We're not as original as we like to think we are. Wow. So I can't remember if this was Pet Sounds or maybe it was another album but there was a time where Brian Wilson was composing from inside of a sandbox on a tiny piano. I think it was for some film with Pet Sounds. So it was to try and encapsulate the the Beach Boys idea. He would he would play, he would compose in sand.
1: Oh yes, no. No, you're right. It it was this one, um, and I don't know if I should feel bad in saying that I know that because it was in the movie.
0: Okay, good. No, that's fine then, because it's it's it. Yeah, I know that he did it. I just couldn't remember if it was a pet sounds or not, but I find that process very interesting. Um, and in regards to the music as well, like with the style being different, and I think that as well as well as as well as um, the Beatles, he also drew. Some inspiration from Phil Spector because mm-hmm. at the time Spector was doing the wall of sound idea, um, and it's definite from the the composition of pet sounds is very heavy in different noises. Um, and again from Wikipedia, Wilson's symphonic arrangements wove elaborate layers of vocal harmonies coupled with sound effects and unconventional instruments, such as bicycle bells, buzzing organs, harpsichords, flutes, electrothermin, dog whistles, trains, Hawaiian sounding string instruments, Coca-Cola cans and barking dogs, along with the more usual keyboards and guitars. So I know that, you, as I said, you you are a lyrics person and I want to go back to the lyrics a little bit is that if you think about the lyrics prior to pet sounds they were very simple um mm-hmm. they they tend to be very simple and there are there is the occasional beach boys track which still holds that kind of subtle meaning which you can get but that definitely happened further towards the pet sounds time um what about the lyrics of of this of this album really grab you
1: I think probably the simplest answer to that would just be that you get oh they're talking about something like uh, this um was obviously meaning meaningful to the person that wrote it um there is a story here there are ideas that they're trying to convey um because um I think when um when lyrics are very um superficial like most of their other albums, even uh, you kind of, or at least I know, I, I kind of don't listen as closely. Or Maybe like I'll listen the first time and then it kind of just blends with the music. And so it just kind of like, you know, washes over you and you don't, aren't really like um, very aware of it each time you listen to the song.
0: Yeah, that there are, it is interesting to use the the idea of lyrics washing over you with, with Beach mm-hmm. Boys music. Uh,
1: <laughs> Whoa, sorry.
0: <laughs> but I, I I get I do, I completely get what you're saying because they're so much fun that a lot of the time they don't even really make sense. Like in in the mm-hmm. earlier stuff, because it's just kind mm-hmm. of like what sounds fun, and we're all having fun, and this is a good jolly good time. Um, but there is pet sounds it holds all of that together and and, um, I was reading about it that Brian Wilson wanted to create an album that had no filler tracks like Mm. so everything in the album means something to him like none Mm. of it was was intended to be filler it was all intended to be important stuff like every Mm -hmm. piece of music every lyric every you know every word was meant to mean something
1: I, and I mean, yes, that's just one of the many reasons why I love this album, but it also kind of like frustrates me about like how music is made now. Like they just, that's certainly like not the case. And I don't know, what is that thing that they say? It's like, oh, we're, like record companies, it's like the best tracks are always two and seven. Is that what it is? Have you heard that?
0: I've never heard that, no.
1: And that's like done on on, on purpose.
0: But the thing is, like, I think in looking back at this stuff, before 1966 or 1965, that it was exactly the same because single sales were what made the money, and you you sold an album as just as a collection of a couple of singles and some filler tracks. And I think we're at that place again, which probably means it will shift again. But we we are in that point right now where there's just a lot of singles because singles are a new thing again because you know people buy singles, they stream singles, and they create their own playlists. But mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it's just going to take some time again before we get another pet sounds, you know, and right. and, and it will change stuff over again because it's, again, like going back to feels, it's all cyclical. Right. Because it was interesting right. reading it, like when I was reading this stuff and it was like, ah, okay, so that is actually reminds me quite a lot of now. And it may, may mm-hmm. have been why like the, the pet sounds didn't do so well in America, at least because it didn't follow the format that was expected at the time i think
1: right and i think uh i read somewhere so it was they wrote pet sounds basically well sort of maybe not in response but inspired by rubber soul but then the beatles wrote sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band in response or inspired by pet sounds yeah
0: yeah paul mccartney says that he was greatly inspired by pet sounds That is really interesting. But those two bands were so... Whilst they would appear to have been, like, rivals, um, Mm -hmm. like the Beach Boys and the Beatles, they seemed to uh, highly appreciate each other's work. And and they they gave it great respect.
1: Yeah. No, that's that's pretty pretty awesome. Um, And, I mean, like, makes you wonder if maybe they wouldn't have, you know, made those albums if they kind of didn't have that... um, competitive edge with each other
0: yeah yeah so it was like respect but they also wanted to to draw upon and and beat each other maybe right right so I have another quote for you. So this is in regards to like, the accolades of this album. So in 1993, it was named the greatest album of all time by Enemy Magazine and The Times in the UK, and in 1995 by Mojo Magazine. In 2003, Rolling Stone ranked it second on its list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. In 2004, Pet Sounds was preserved in the National Recording Registry by the Library of Congress for being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Are you proud of your album choice? yeah like if people ask you what's your favorite album do you proudly tell them it's pet sounds
1: you know i don't well first of all i think you might have been the first person to ask me that (laughs) okay (laughs) but from now on you better believe i will
0: (laughs) (laughs) but look at all these
1: accolades (laughs) yeah but they waited a long time to get those
0: yeah, they did.
1: Oh, what was number one on the Rolling Stones list?
0: It was probably the Beatles.
1: Sgt. Pepper's.
0: I guess if Pet Sounds is going to be number two, it, to me, it makes sense to have Sgt. Pepper as number one. Um, I, I think if you think in modern times, like the the greatest album ever, I think it should always be one of those two.
1: I don't think in Rolling Stone in this article it mentions the link between those two albums.
0: Yeah, maybe. clearly, clearly they didn't do their uh, their research. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> Rolling Stone, who are those guys. <laughs> Have you ever tried to play pet sounds for people? Yes. And how do people tend to react?
1: Um, if they're If they are people who are really into music and just for whatever reason have not heard it, they normally react very well um, and very enthusiastically and like, give me more, how have I never heard this? Um, But if it's someone who's, you know, kind of indifferent, then they, you know, they react exactly how you would expect them to react completely indifferently.
0: Do you feel a lot of pressure when you're introducing someone to this album? Do you want, like, you want them to like it?
1: I I wouldn't describe that as pressure. I would, um, I desperately, um, want, I guess, everyone to love the things that I love. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just so you, like, have people to share it with.
0: I think that that is, I mean, I would be surprised if anybody that I speak to in this series answers that question any differently. Mm-hmm. Like it's you know that whole idea is like you you show someone to so show something to someone and you're like embarrassed when they don't like it because it's like does is this a reflection on me that you don't like this?
1: Oh, you know, yeah, um, kind of don't care.
0: <laughs> totally on board with that. Yeah. Let me thank our final sponsor for this week's episode of Inquisitive, and that is Cards Against Humanity. They think the funniest thing in the world is playing the first few seconds of a 90s pop song and then stopping it abruptly, like this. We'll we'll oh! My thanks to Cars Against Humanity for sponsoring Inquisitive. Have you ever seen any of Pet Sounds played live? Now, they I actually read up they never played the album in full live, ever. Um, have you ever seen any of it?
1: Nope. I have. I have not. You have?
0: Yeah. Where? I've seen Brian Wilson um, live once, and I saw the Beach Boys on their reunion tour a couple of years ago. So I've seen, like, you know, I've seen Sloop John B. I've seen Wouldn't It Be Nice. I've seen God Only Knows um, and a couple of other tracks, I think, from the album, maybe, on the, the big... Like they were going to be doing a, uh, it was going to be one night only in London and then it became two nights and then it became a world tour. <laughs> but it was the, like the one time only tour is how it ended up being. And that was maybe three or four years ago.
1: Now, so how did that live up to your expectations? Because for me, that's like such a bucket list item that I think I've never I don't know that I've ever really thought about it in the, oh, this could be, like, realized and, like, not only meet, but surpass your expectations kind of way.
0: So the same with Brian Wilson and, like, seeing the Beach Boys, all the remaining members of the Beach Boys together was a better experience than seeing Brian Wilson. But in both instances, they play with a very large band. Um, Brian Wilson has a very large band. Um I think they're called the Wonderments, uh and he picked that band up after hearing them play beach boys music and then picked them up as his band his touring band and they are clearly very well supported um but at both both concerts with the beach boys concert being the the, the most emotional i cried at both of them uh, okay well it was, <laughs> it was extremely good uh
1: okay good that makes me so happy to hear
0: Because for me, it was like, I never, like, when I saw Brian Wilson, I saw Brian Wilson first, I never expected I would ever be seeing him live performing his music. Mm -hmm. And then it was the same for the Beach Boys. Like, I never expected I would see the Beach Boys together. Because I would never have saw the Beach Boys touring, because there is, they are, they live on, uh, without. Brian Wilson, I I would never have gone to see that. Like to me, mm-hmm. Brian Wilson is the heart and soul of the band, so I would only ever see the Beach Boys if he played with them, and nobody mm-hmm. ever expected that would happen. But they did it. I think it was for an anniversary, was why they did the tour. Um, so yeah, I got to see them live, and it was it was it was an incredibly emotional experience for me because they're such an important band in my life um, that I love so much, and it was it was incredible. So if you ever get the chance, if they ever tour again or if Brian Wilson's ever around, you should just go see him Um, because it's worth it. It's really worth it. I will do that. So I want to wrap up with your music tastes in general. Um, Do you enjoy other music in this style? Like, are you a Beatles fan, for example?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm a huge Beatles fan.
0: And so, are you a fan of other music from this time period? Like, is there other music that you would consider to be uh, similar to the Beach Boys that maybe you enjoy?
1: I don't. Well, I don't know that I would really consider anything similar.
0: Yeah, I feel the same.
1: Right. There
0: kind of isn't anyone else, which is one of the reasons that I love them so much. Is I'm sure that there have been many bands that have tried, but nobody has succeeded. Um, right. In creating their sound.
1: I mean, I do really like older music um i mean i love love elton john um simon garfunkel i love cat stevens things like that but i mean i wouldn't call any of them similar to the beach boys the
0: saying about john when we when we were building up to this you said that your choice was between this and uh by yellow brick road mm-hmm. um what made you choose pet sounds
1: because Um, I chose Pet Sounds over Goodbye, Elbrick Road because you specified album. And while I think that Goodbye, Elbrick Road probably has more songs on it that I would pick out and be like, oh my gosh, I love that song and listen to like on their own. As a whole, I enjoy this more. I think that's
0: pretty fair. And I like that as a reason because, you know, I I could ask you here to talk about your favorite music, but for me, I, I really did want to talk to people about favorite albums because I am an album person. Um, I, for example, I try not to like. So as we were recording this, there is a new Mumford and Sons album due out relatively soon. I am a fan of Mumford and Sons. Um, I've only purposely heard the new singles, the, the singles that they're releasing, like once a piece because I don't like to get too familiar with a single before I hear the album, because then it ruins the album for me. Yep. So I've always been that way. I like albums. Um, I'm not a singles guy. I like listening to full albums. Um, And I've always been that way, because I prefer the... And, you know, it's in the way that Pet Sounds is created. I prefer the artist putting together this body of work, which, you know, they give to me, and I enjoy as it is, and I will listen to an album until I know all of the songs, and then after that, I put them into shuffle, so then the album doesn't get old for me.
1: uh, that kills me a little bit.
0: Shuffling—you don't like shuffling? No. Okay, so you will always listen to an album start to finish as it's intended.
1: Um, I think that if it's an album that, um, is cohesive. To and can be listened to that way I don't think most modern albums are um, and so in that case yes um, but when you find one that you know from start to finish is like oh this makes sense this way then um, not only will I try to listen to it from start to finish but I very rarely will pick out just a song to listen to
0: yeah I, I, I... It's, very, it's rare that I would pick out the one, but I do do the shuffling. Um, and that's because my the 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 reason I do it is because I, what I would find was I would maybe listen to three quarters of an album and finish, which would mean for me that the album then in my mind was incomplete because I didn't know like the last quarter or something as much as I knew the rest. So by shuffling it, I felt like I had more of a chance of getting an even distribution of, under, of knowing the music. Mm-hmm. Which is, I I can appreciate how weird that is, but I guess that's all a part of this stuff. It's all personal taste, and what I'm looking forward to over the this this series that I'm doing is understanding how people listen to, to albums, and if people listen to albums, you know, people might tell me their favorite album, but they tend not to listen to it in full or something like that, and that right. that intrigues me. Like, you know, I wonder if I'll get any, because I think it's perfectly valid for somebody to give me a compilation album as their favourite album. Like, for example, if you told me to, you know, I may go with, for example, live at Worth for the Beach Boys. It's, it is an album, it exists as an album, and it was played as a cohesive thing because they picked out the set list for that um, concert.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it's because it has all of my favourite songs on it and they many of them are produced in a different way and they use um they use all electric guitar um and in a, in a in a very, very different way, um, on on that album. So if you haven't heard Live at Nebworth, you should listen to Live at Nebworth because it is the Beach Boys songs you know played in a very, very different way. They they all sound very, very different and it's and it's a lot more um i can't think of a better word than electric but it has this feeling to it which is very very different so you should listen to that
1: i will do that and i feel it's very important for you to know um how much it killed me to have to pick between pet sounds and goodbye y'all <laughs>
0: Well, what do you like about Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, then? I'll give you i will give you a couple of minutes on that if you would like it, so you <laughs> no, can okay. at least...
1: Don't get me started. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no, no. It's really, I more wanted Elton to know you to a lesser extent. I guess, okay. That I agonized over that choice.
0: <laughs> if Elton... I mean, I know Elton John is, you know, he, he's obviously a big music fan. He may come across this, so at least mm-hmm. if he ever hears this, he's going to know how hard a decision it was for you. Because I did like to, to 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 reinforce that, I asked Faith to do this and then I didn't get her answer on the favorite album for about a week. <sighs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So I knew it was difficult for you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um I'm actually going um on Friday to see Sir Elton John. Um and he's doing the um Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Anniversary Tour.
0: So you'll hear the entire album, you expect?
1: I really hope so.
0: It would kind of be a bit of a letdown if it's called the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Anniversary Tour and doesn't play the entire album. <laughs> yeah. If he does play the entire album, would you be upset if he didn't play it in order?
1: Um I think I I think I um have enough respect for his artistic genius to get to realize that there must be a reason Um, and then maybe I would feel a little bit embarrassed that I would know that he's not playing it in order
0: (laughs) (laughs) faith it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for joining me today
1: of course thank you for having me
0: If you would like to follow Faith online, she is at Faith Arena on Twitter, and I am at Mike I-M-Y-K-E. You can find show notes and links for this episode at relay.fm slash inquisitive slash 38. Thank you again to our sponsors for this week's show, Cards Against Humanity, Making Light, and Hover. But most of all, thank you for listening. Until next time, bye-bye.